0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yeah, today, vaccine safety part two. Now, last week we delved into the global uh, vaccine health safety con- or vaccine safety conference. But today, I'm going to introduce you to a guy uh, who's probably the most um, calm, quiet hero you've ever seen in your life. Uh, his name's Toby Rogers and he wrote a thesis, a doctoral thesis, on the political economy of autism. Now, this is brilliant, plus it's online, and you can actually uh, read it. Um, And I'm gonna have tons of references tonight that uh, you can get the link to it, because it's 495 pages, and I really recommend you um, read it all. 125 pages of references. Uh, Well, we're two advertisements I got to go cover on. Uh, Cal Jam is coming up. That's going to be February 14th to 16th. Still don't know what day I'm speaking, but go to Bergman 20 for your discount coupon. That's type in Bergman 20 and you'll get a uh, a huge discount off, uh, about 20%. Go to extremehealthacademy.com and Bergman 14 to get two weeks free there. So lots of free stuff. The cruise is coming up in April, just three and a half months away. We have 10 cabins left. So this is vital. Think of this. You're going to have 12 hours of continuing ed credit. Um, We're only going to teach when we're at sea. You're going to see Israel, Crete, uh, Athens, and we're literally going to be hanging out for nine days on this big, beautiful ship and exploring the Mediterranean. With as volatile as that area is, this may be the last trip. We were one of the last cruise ships out of Havana or into and out of Cuba before they shut it down. So uh, go to our website or go to bsgmeetingsllc.com. Uh, click on clients and look, uh, click on the company name, Bergman, and they'll get you on. But sign up for that cruise. Now, Toby, um, Toby Rogers, uh, the motto of the Royal Scientific Society in England, and this guy does research, that the old school. I mean, reference on top of reference, and he looks it up. The model of the Royal Scientific Society is nullus in verba. In verba. <clears throat> what that means is take nobody's word for it. Uh, it, it literally means on the word of no one. So you have to look it up yourself. So when people are getting opinions from experts, uh, start doing the research yourself. Because I gotta tell you, right now, the cost of autism, now we're not talking uh, about um, societal cost. What does it actual cost? Well, in 2015, and that was five years ago, it was $268 billion or 1.5% of the GDP, gross domestic product. Uh, soon, by 2025, and this is if we stop, you know, if the, if the rates are the same, okay, it's going to cost $461 billion. However, if you've ever seen a chart on autism, it continually increases. So by 2025, if it continues on the current rate, it will cost over $1 trillion per year, or 3 per 6% of the gross domestic product. That's right. Autism will cost more than our defense budget. So this is huge. I mean, defense spending in 2016 was 3.1. So it's going to be 3.6% of the gross domestic product. So what do we got? We have the largest epidemic of chronic illness in the history of the world. That means that this autistic epidemic, and think about it, there is, you, not, you are not hearing this in the media. This is the loss of a workforce, the loss of economic, I mean, cost of care, the burden of every aspect of society. Now, knowing that the economy is going to crash in five years, do you see a lot of this on the news? No, you don't. It's conspicuously absent. And then when we're looking, there's no public debate. There's no media. The media is literally controlled by the industry that's causing this. Um, there's forced compliance of the vaccine and vaccine products. And it, it's, we, know, we know what the cause of this autism epidemic is. There's multiple causes in environment, industry, and medicine. And we're going to cover some of those today. And also, too, we have the elimination of the standard legal tort process. And figure, if you're wronged by anyone, you can sue them except for vaccines. Uh, now, uh, in this thesis, he goes through and says, yes, there's a number of individual toxicants from looking at mercury, coal fire plant, other industrial sources. Endocrine disruptors such as flame retardants, um, plastics, vehicle emissions – Roundup, pesticides, even selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors and and, uh, antidepressants. Figure if you're taking an antidepressant, and 8% of pregnant women are, you're taking an antidepressant while you're pregnant, you have a 20% increase in autism in your kid. Um, When you look at flu shots, you're introducing a neurotoxin into your system, flu shots, DPT shots and pregnant women, you're also increasing uh, Incidence of autism between 18 and 20 percent. Um, when we and, and it's amazing because it's it's why is this debate not seen in politics, not seen in the media? Uh, well, uh, there's um, a gal, a long jingo, and she is it, it actually developed certain criteria. For scientific discussion, because remember, you're hearing this underlying narrative that vaccines are safe and effective. And if anyone even questions vaccines, their career is toast. So uh, this gal, for a scientific community, is to be really objective because right now you're not getting an objective approach where they're pre- presenting both aspects. And, in fact, it's political suicide if you question vaccines. And this gal, um, she developed her a theory of critical contextual empiricism. And this is to reflect the critical nature approach. Now, she says scientific communities will be objective to the degree that they satisfy these four criteria. One, there must be recognized avenues for criticism of evidence, of methods, of assumption, and of reasoning. Two, there must be shared standards critics can invoke. Three, the community as a whole must be responsive to such criticism. And four, intellectual authority must be shared equally among qualified practitioners. Wow. Okay, so if you're thinking about this uh, in the vaccine world, uh, there is no um, agreement or uh, enlightenment of criticism on evidence. In fact, there's no double-blind, placebo-controlled trials. Uh, There's no uh, critics. You can't even question it. So how does a person measure good science? Okay. In in order for science to be legitimate, it must go through some sort of political process. So so urging science to apply for an open and dial, uh, dialogic process seems healthy for both science and society, and that makes sense. However, in an ideal world, and this this Toby Rogers was was looking for data, and he stated, in an ideal world, one would rely on peer-reviewed studies from academics who have no conflict of interest in published academic journals with no conflict of interest. But that, it, that doesn't exist, okay, that world. And in fact, um, uh, academia has been slow to study this crisis. So the pool of academic studies is somewhat limited, with the exception of UC Davis, the MIND Institute, and another handful of environmental epidemiologists. Now, when we look at vaccines, um, and this, again, is out of the um, the doctoral thesis by Toby Rogers. Uh, He states that the CDC and the Food and Drug Administration and the National Institute of Health, uh, American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics all argued that vaccines do not cause autism. And all of these groups point to more than 20 scientific studies that have concluded there is no link between vaccine and autism. Well, according to the scientific criteria, we can't really say the science is done or, you know, that's foolish. Okay, the problem is because the critics contend that there's problems with all of these studies, conflict of interest of each one of the studies. And then there's never – They point out that even though the randomized, double-blind, controlled trials are the gold standard of biomedicine, none of these studies has ever had a proper control group or an unvaccinated group. See, they're testing vaccines with existing vaccines. I know it doesn't make any sense because there's no placebo control. Now, let's say that if you take, say, the DPT shot, Now, the diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus shot, the one that we used to use in this country, we don't, we export it. So you have to get the one that we're using in this country because it has less of a reaction. It's still going to have a reaction. So can you imagine comparing a new vaccine to three vaccines or three antigens in a shot? That's impossible. And then how long would you follow them for? It's like taking four shots of vodka and adding in a shot of scotch. You know, how, how, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel worse, better? And since you feel crappy anyway, for sure that that scotch didn't have any effect. You know, it doesn't make any sense. It's interesting the way Toby Rogers goes on. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from his, his um, a thesis The case to answer the connection between vaccines and autism is surprisingly straightforward. Vaccines often contain toxic ingredients, and the U.S. vaccine schedule is sharply increasing starting in 1987, which coincides with the inflection point of the autistic epidemic. The vaccine schedule now starts earlier, which puts it in key developmental windows. There are at least 10,000 parental eyewitnesses who claim that vaccines caused autism in their kids. There are 83 incidents where the vaccine court awarded um, compensation to families. I just saw it. Uh, I'm fixing my PowerPoint just for a moment. Um, There are 83 incidents where the vaccine court awarded compensation to families whose children developed autism following vaccination. Five studies by parent groups and interested doctors comparing the health outcomes between vaccinated and unvaccinated children showed unvaccinated had fewer chronic illnesses, including autism. So think of that. When they say they're safe and effective and vaccines don't cause autism, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program paid out over 83 times. And then we look, you know, what does the World Health Organization chief scientist say? Quote, I don't think we can overemphasize the fact that we really don't have good safety data, Um, monitoring systems in many countries. This adds to the miscommunication and misapprehensions because we're not able to get clear-cut answers when people ask questions about deaths that have occurred due to particular vaccines, and this always gets blown up in the media. No kidding, it gets blown blown up in the media. I mean, we know that there's been three CDC researchers who have violated accepted scientific practices or committed outright fraud in connection with key vaccine safety studies. Um, we're looking at thermosol, in, which is still in three different blends of multi, multi-dose flu vaccines. Um, it's a known neurotoxin. And aluminum, multiple studies on aluminum has a neurotoxin. And see, doctors are starting to understand this. And so what does Professor Heidi Larson um, <clears throat> now she is director of the Vaccine Confidence Project, and she's having trouble because she's losing medical people. Quote: If we lose the healthcare provider, then we are in trouble. We have a very wobbly health professional front line that is starting to question vaccines and the safety of vaccines. And when the front line uh, professionals start questioning, <clears throat> And then we have the problem figure in medical school, you're lucky if you have half a day on vaccines. Never mind keeping up with all the latest end of quote uh and then we have david david koslow and in think of this um essential medicines drug development um he's the center for vaccine innovation and access <clears throat> he's saying most of their trial studies are small sample sizes, and they're at the risk of tyranny of small numbers. Um, and, and he says to prove that, that the vaccines didn't cause an injury is called a null hypothesis, and that takes years and years, and it's a real conundrum. Well, for me, I'd rather that the medical system take years and years in order to identify problems instead of sweeping them under a rug, shooting people, and then hopefully some adverse event reporting system will come up with it. Because currently, when you're looking at at most of the vaccines on the schedule, it's not months or years that are followed up. You're looking at days, and you might think that's impossible. Because, I mean, we know Vioxx, was um, you know t- studied for five and six years. That was approved, got on the market, and when it was in the public, then it caused the problems. killed you know more people than the Vietnam War. So a lot of times these chemicals are not identifying a problem until they're released on the public. Well, the MMR two by Merck was tested for forty two days before it was l- released. If we look at the hepatitis um, vaquita um, by Merck, uh, hepatitis A vaccine, it was studied for five days. The recumbent vax by Merck studied for five days. The Energetics B vaccine, four days. The, the Sanovive Act Hib was studied for three days. And, and on this list, it seems insane that these people would uh, test it for two and three days. Um, and then he, he goes on, um, and again, Tony, Toby Rogers, four years in his doctoral thesis, he states the, um, the U.S. Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices added to the schedule as much as 25 um, micrograms of thermosol and 625 gra- micrograms of aluminum for pregnant women, which exposes the fetus to these metals. Uh, during a vulnerable developmental window, along with 50 micrograms of thermosol and 100 or 1,000 additional micrograms of aluminum for children in the first two years of life, according to Miller. Um, and when you look at it, um, Haley in 2005 wrote an article, showed 41 synergistic, um, or showed the synergistic effect of thermosol plus aluminum, okay, plus neomycin, um, that's the antibiotic, plus testosterone is 100 times more toxic than thimerosal alone. Think of that. So when we have doctors that are questioning vaccines, vaccine science, this is amazingly dangerous because if you mix thermosol with aluminum, with an antibiotic, with testosterone, It's 100 times more toxic than thermosol alone. And in in that article, Haley argues that it is probably one of the reasons that um, autism rates are so much higher in boys than girls. Plus, when you're looking at vaccine as a causative factor of autism, the vaccine schedule in most developed countries has dramatically increased in the last 60 years. In the 1950s, U.S. children received seven vaccines before the age of six. In 83, the U.S. vaccine uh, schedule mandated 10 vaccines. So think of that. From 1950 to 83, you went from 6 vaccines to 10 vaccines. From 83 to 2013, the number of recommended vaccines more than tripled to 36. And now the U.S. gives 72 doses of 17 different vaccines by the time the child's 18. That's more doses at earlier ages than any other country in the world. So now you would expect that if vaccines worked as advertised, they should reduce infant mortality. However, Miller and Goldman in 2011 found the opposite. See, in developed countries, the more vaccines on the schedule, the higher the infant mortality rate. Now this doesn't establish a causal connection, but critics argue that the total allostatic load on children from the ingredients okay, um, in the vaccines may have increased dramatically over the last three decades. And there's a growing body of literature from toxicologists, to environmental epidemiologists that there's windows of vulnerability where the human body is uniquely susceptible to toxicants. Critics point out that not only has the vaccine schedule tripled, but it's also moved earlier, now starting in pregnancy, so the bulk of the vaccine schedule is administered to the human body, is uniquely vulnerable to toxic influences. I mean, it, when you look at reference after reference, uh, the blood-brain barrier isn't fully deformed in infants or fully formed. <clears throat> Chemical exposure at young age may have profound neurotoxic consequences, according to Zhang 2000. Um, during the early development, the blood-brain barrier is porous to allow blood-borne nutrients to reach the growing brain. However, this relative openness of the barriers in earlier life render the brain highly susceptible to insults from exposure to toxic substances. Uh, it's It's mind-blowing that the FDA takes no account of the windows of vulnerability. Okay? and allows safety studies to be cut. Think of this. The safety studies for the vaccine schedule are conducted on healthy adults um, to be the basis for licensing vaccines. Then they're scheduled for pregnant women, neonates, and infants. That's criminal. But remember, what does um, <laughs> uh, when she's on camera, What does Dr. Soima Swaminathan, uh, the chief scientist for the World Health Organization say? Vaccines are very safe. If someone gets sick after a vaccine, it is either a coincidence, administrating or a rare problem with the vaccine itself. That's why we have vaccine safety systems, robust vaccine safety systems that can examine the problem regularly and scientifically and promptly address the problem. problem is it doesn't work that way. In 1986, when the U.S. Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act that provided legal liability protection for the vaccine markers, it set up a vaccine court. Now, think of this. As autism rates grew in the United States, 5,600 families filed suit um, arguing that vaccines caused their autism. There's children's autism. These claims were eventually consolidated into an omnibus autism proceeding. Another 3,000 families wished to file were denied because they didn't file the correct paperwork within four years of the injury. I know, think of that. So that's 8,600 8, people um, in, in way back when, okay, when we had one-tenth of the epidemic now. Now, the challenge is by two thousand and twelve, all of these claims have been denied by the courts um, and you got to figure not all class actions have uh, lawsuits have merit, but these highlighted an unusual and uncomfortable conflict of hot autism that i mean literally the heart of the autism epidemic and in fact, the overwhelming majority of doctors say there's no association between vaccines and autism. But many of the parents of the children on the spectrum say they saw with their own eyes. Remember, what's the Royal Scientific Society of England's um, nullus in verba? Uh, take no one's word for it. We know that there were 83 incidents where the Vaccine Entry Compensation Program awarded compensation to families um, as a result of autism. We know that um, if if you point out that table of injuries that could be compensated by the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program include encephalopathy. Uh, However, that program, the definition of encephalopathy is very similar to the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual definition of autism. It's a cruel twist that when administrative law see, see sometimes the special masters that run the vaccine court Remember, you cannot meet both parties. You're, this is one of the, the only court that it's just you and a special master. The person that wronged you, the pharmaceutical industry, the doctors that shot, nobody is liable. This means you're, you're the normal tort system where you're going to present evidence and it's going to be judged by a jury. Your peers does not exist in vaccine world. And in fact, the special masters of the vaccine court, because there's no judges, um, they're willing to grant compensation for vaccine injuries that produce symptoms characteristic of autism, but you can't call it autism. I I know, mind-blowing. And and this is um, Professor Heidi Larson, and this is the most dangerous Statement and this is made at the Global Vaccine Health Summit just a month ago. <clears throat> Quote, we are in a unique position of human history where it has shifted the human population to vaccine-induced dependency on, on to, well, to vaccine-induced, um, to dependency on vaccine-induced immunity. And this is on the great assumption that the populations would cooperate. And for many years, people lined up for the six vaccines that saw the reason. We are in a very fragile state now because we have developed a world that is dependent on vaccinations, and we don't have a choice but to make the effort. Frightening, huh? Did you sign up to um, be put in this state of where your immune system is affected. See, if you vaccinate or prevent a wild infection in a child, you're preventing that child's immune system to respond to it. So this means that mothers, if they're not going to get the wild measles, and before the measles vaccine was out, you're talking 4 million cases a year of it. 400 people died, 4 million cases of it. So, that means five okay, hundred um, um, would have got it, recovered from it, and they're able to pass on that immunity to their infants. So, that means over 3 million kids are not going to get their immunity from their parents. So, by vaccinating one group, you're affecting generations. And that's what they're finding out. Now, what happens with a, if a mom with 36 vaccines mate with a dad with 30 vaccines, 36 vaccines, and they have a child who has over 70 vaccines, who's going to mate with another child when they get older, 70 vaccines, and they give birth to another child with 120 vaccines? Yeah, are you signing up for that type of immune system response? Because remember, way back when. When they had to pass the law, because so many many lawsuits were being presented to the pharmaceutical industry that they had to pass a law to stop litigation. You could not sue them. What was the vaccine rates and coverage at the time? You only had three vaccines, DPT, polio, and MMR, and they had around a 62% coverage on average. That means most of the country, okay, in fact, none of the country was getting influenza, PCV, the HIP, all of the vaccines on the program now. And back then, it was only 60% coverage. And back then, they had such great problems and so many lawsuits. What do you think if they had all the vaccines and the full coverage? It, it, It makes you think, doesn't it? And so... We need to change this world. I totally, completely, 100% recommend Toby Rogers' um, thesis. It's, you're going to nerd out because the way he writes is brilliant. It's simple, clear, direct. And his reference on top of reference on top of reference is amazing. Know that right now... Our population is suffering from chronic critical illness, and that's because we are literally changing our immune system response to a vaccine-induced immune system response. We're causing inflammation in our kids. There is no um, placebo-controlled trials. Okay, we're talking. We're there's no product liability, Um, but I know what the problem is. The problem is that and this is actually going to be the solution and we're going to come up with it tonight, why um, Toby Rogers' thesis is now available, why the Global Vaccine Health Safety Conference is coming out, why is all of this material suddenly being exposed and allowed to be um, let loose on the public? Because right now if the politicians came out and said, yeah, we're responsible for this epidemic, we ride them out of town on a reel, tar and feather them, but now it's political suicide for you to say anything against vaccines. Until we have um, the, the exposure that the vaccines are toxic, then the politicians can come in and act like the savers instead of riding out on the rails. So we have a very exciting time coming up. The next few talks are going to be absolutely incredible. Don't miss tonight. Uh, There's Dr. John Bergman.